Hi, my name is Olivia DeWitt, and you're listening to IntroWorks, a podcast dedicated to promoting the works of USC-affiliated artists. We have a very special guest with us today, Benga. Hi, Benga. Hello, how's it going? <laughs> it's going well, how about you? <laughs> pretty good. Good. It's a hot day today. It is pretty hot. Um, well, I'm really excited to talk with you today. Um, but first, I'm going to give our listeners a little bit of an intro to you. Um, so Binga is a multidisciplinary artist, art curator, and DJ based in Los Angeles, California. Throughout his practice thus far, Benga has worked with both tactile and digital mediums to present his brilliant and insightful ideas and experiences, typically dealing with themes surrounding subjective identity, cultural symbolism, and collective nostalgia. As a result of working with these themes, his work creates a piece dressed in non-representational figures, negative space, and wabi-sabi. At USC, Banga studies business administration at Marshall. I want to get into the work that you decided to choose to present today, but first I kind of wanted to get into kind of the whys and the hows of your practice. Um, so first off, how did you get your start in making art? Yeah, I feel like I didn't really see myself as making art when I was younger, but definitely it has been something I've been doing my whole life. Um, drawing when I was younger. I took a bunch of photography classes in middle school, so that was like kind of like my first intro into, yeah, actively like learning about art making, framing, colors, all the basics of just like seeing an image. Um, and yeah, that kind of like developed slowly, but I came to like a really existential crisis in college, felt like I didn't have a voice, wanted to like rectify that. And art seemed like the best, like I already had the tools to use art to you know, speak my mind or, like, come to terms with myself. So it just felt, yeah, it felt right. And, like, I don't I don't think it was, I was, like, born to make art. It, was, it seems very coincidental and just, like, yeah, grateful for the moments that dominoed to this point. Mm-hmm. So you were, at one point, a design major, mm-hmm. um, but why did you decide to go the more business route than art? It was a lot of decisions kind of put into one. The major part was I wanted to take a semester off because I felt like that would be better for my art because even while I was in the art school, I felt like I was doing more art and learning more outside. And it was a thing of like, I had already come to the decision that I wanted to make art and be an artist. So being in school or out of school wasn't a quest, wasn't like, the deciding factor on like how much I was going to learn or how good I was going to get. Um, and I felt like the semester off would be better for my mental health, for my art, for just my life in general. Uh, and to do that and still graduate on time, I had to take a degree with lesser required units. But also outside of that, I also just like didn't feel fulfilled in the design school. Like I said, I felt like I was doing more art and learning more art off of YouTube and gallery shows and my friends and just like caring and reading myself. So yeah, mm-hmm. kind of that, that, that is why. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, so you, in addition to being an artist, you're also an art curator and have put together different art shows and also are a DJ. Would you consider those extensions of your art practice or would you say those are separate from that? I think they're definitely, I wouldn't even say extensions. I feel like they're one and the same. Um, I don't think I realized it at the time, but like the art shows were part of my practice, which is very grounded in community work. And like I said, like learning from my friends, like I've really been thinking about the idea that like each, each of my like pieces are the result of like all these stories and lessons I've learned from like my community and my friends. So like, yeah, I feel like curate, curating a show is just a more explicit way to like depict the influences in my life and uh, yeah, collectively tell this story that we're all experiencing as opposed to just me doing it on my own. Mm -hmm. What about DJing? Um, DJing, I think, is even more the same. It feels like just in the same way that like a quilt is a collage of fabrics. DJing is a collage of sounds and music. And like when I really think of like the cultural influences that I like to put into my sets and uh, even the technical aspect of just like practice and learning and experimenting, it feels one and the same, just like a different, like, you know, when I make a quilt, it's a sewing machine. When I make a set, it's a turntable, but it's like one and the same practice and experience and like, uh, synthesizing my thoughts and feelings into a material object to like portray an idea. Mm -hmm. um, speaking of quilts, is it true that you recently got more involved with making quilts? Yeah, I'd say I started um, 2018, or 20, yeah, 2018, early 2019, and recently accepted it as like my... Oh, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to say like primary, but like, it, it's what's fueling me the most right now. Yeah, mm -hmm. recently that started. Mm -hmm. And why did you decide to get into quilt making, or textile making? Um, I used to make clothes before, and I got into that because I really liked clothes, and oh, that's a whole different story. But I felt like a fashion brand was the easiest way to tell a complete story from the clothes to the videos to the photos to the events to the branding of you know it just felt like more complete than just a photo or just one aspect of it um so yeah I was like I'm gonna make clothes and do this brand thing uh didn't like that didn't like selling things didn't like working in that mindset of like creating to sell so, and I had all this fabric left and all these random scraps of t-shirts and stuff that I had made and I was very against throwing things away and they sat under my bed for like a year or so and it was like, I don't want to make more clothes but I have to use this so like, uh, yeah, had, the quilt was like the next best thing and I also really enjoyed the process of sewing so it was like, wanting to retain those two things and like kind of being forced to because I had spent 300 bucks on a sewing machine and had all this fabric and yeah, it was, yeah, that was the next best thing. Yeah. 
Um, so I kind of want to start going off that, start talking about the um, project you decided to showcase today. Um, so first off, what is its name and can you tell the story behind it? Yeah, um, it's called Bear's Paw. It's had a couple names over time. Um, story behind it, woke up one day and wanted to make something and these were the forms that came to mind. I've recently accepted my like affinity to feet and this was kind of the start of it. I, other, Separate from like the kinkiness and whatever stereotype of it, there's something really, I don't know, interesting about the shape of feet. And I feel like not, it's, un, it's an undervalued figure. And every time I see it, it like, every time I see a well-drawn feet, it like calls to me or something. Um, like with a lot of my work, over time, they kind of grow into different things based on what I'm seeing and what I'm learning. Um, conceptually, initially, other than the foot thing, I was referencing, uh, like a crossing, a crossing path, the yellow and yellow and black pattern of that. Mm -hmm. Um, also thinking about the idea of the checkerboard representing balance and that's, um, African symbolism that I've been like really interested in. The black and white represents like the duality of like femininity and masculinity and yeah just going deeper into that I wanted to play on the idea of a checkerboard and here it has an even amount of black and yellow but it's not a checkerboard clearly mm -hmm. um, other ideas that developed on as I was making it I as I was thinking about like the work that I was doing I was reading into quilts that were made um, by slaves a hundred years ago and this what the quilt was turning into reminded me a lot of this quilt pattern called the bear's paw which also features a checkerboard and features a shape that looks like a bear's paw which is what the hands reminded me of here and the the pattern would be used on larger quilts to explain how to escape slavery and the bear's paw was like uh, representation of at this part of the trail you should follow the bear's paw to stay out of you know danger because the slave owners wouldn't come where the bears are so the bear was your form of safety and uh, knowing yeah like knowing where to follow to find you know the the end goal the liberation that we're all looking for so all of those ideas didn't happen at once. I didn't wake up one day and that's, mm -hmm. you know, what happened. But uh, as I was making it, as I was researching with it, those kind of like developed simul simultaneously. Um, How does this um, piece relate to the themes that you like to work with um, or focus on in your work? Um, I'm really interested in like the parallels between the lives and experiences we have today and like those of like our ancestors or like historical events. Um, and I think like taking from history and like remixing or learning or copying is, yeah, I don't know, feels, feels like the answer to find 
motivation to like continue. Um, really been thinking about the idea of nostalgia and how powerful a feeling that is to like, you know, motivate you to, for example, like terrible example, but the Make America Great Again thing, I think is a great depiction of like the power of nostalgia to really, you know, get through your point. Um, so yeah, this, this, I think referencing the past history and the parallels between the slaves looking for liberation and marginalized communities today still searching for signs of, you know, where to follow to find liberation from oppression and yeah, I think just symbolism and playing with the symbols of like, you know, very postmodern uh, symbol of like a crosswalk that we see every day that's kind of embedded into our idea of like a black and yellow uh, symbol and playing with that being juxtaposed with the more traditional and uh, like the darker history of like the bear's paw quilt, I think tells a really, uh, yeah, interesting story of like the, it's the same struggle and it's ongoing and we can learn from like the ways that they did it back then to today. And I think that's like a general theme in most of my work. Mm. That's awesome. Thank you for explaining that. Um, so, Lastly, I just kind of would have kind of want to see what you're doing right now and like what you're up to and what your plans are um, for the next year mm -hmm. post college. <laughs> um, I think just like digging deeper conceptually. Um, I've been really finding a lot of magic in like the research based practice. There's like so much to learn from our ancestors and our history. I feel like that's hopefully the key to like creating the future we want to see and figuring out how to use my art to do that as well. So cool. we'll see. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having this conversation with me and talking with me. This was really fascinating. Um, I'm so excited to see what the future brings you, Venka. <laughs> thank you. This was fun. Like I learned a lot from speaking today. So yeah. Awesome. Thank you.